Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. What does it take to be a proactive participant in such a reactive world? Well, Morgan Lynn, the author of The Spirited Human, is here today to share her tools for supporting empaths and seekers in these crazy times. She'll help us find and follow the breadcrumbs that lead us back to center. So are you ready to meet her? Morgan Lynn is a renowned spiritual medium, psychic empath, clairvoyant, intuitive coach, ordained minister, paranormal investigator, and published author. Morgan's specialties are in shadow work and supporting the empaths of the world in discovering their superpowers. Her new book is The Spirited Human, Proactive Tools for a Reactive World. And you can find out more about Morgan and her work at morganlynn.com. Morgan, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh, I'm glad you're here. Why did you write this book? Why now? I know you say that your guides kind of prompted you to write it, and then you maybe didn't act on that, and then finally you wrote the book. Mm -hmm. Why did you write the book? Why now? Well, honestly, yeah, it took me a few years, and primarily that was just because of my own insecurities and fears around putting myself out into the world, as I'm sure people will understand. But this is the book that I'm proud of, and I'm on one hand, I kind of wish I would have done it sooner, but I'm really glad that this is the book that is in the world now. And over the years, the reason I've written it is I started seeing how people were really struggling with understanding these practical, easy-to-use tools that can put a person within their center. And I feel like when we are in our center and we have alignment within that, we are unstoppable. But I see so many reacting to stresses and the obligations and expectations that are put upon them that we tend to forget that center. And so I wanted to put in a book easy step-by-step process to bring a person back to that alignment. So that's really the the motivation of it. What does it mean to be unstoppable? I've heard that if we're centered, we are, we're more clear or we're more confident. Mm -hmm. Unstoppable kind, that's exciting. What does that mean to be unstoppable? I feel like as a soul coming into this earth, coming into this human life, we have a set of plans Maybe we have some goals and some things we want to accomplish. The issue is, is that when we're born, we do agree to forget all of those plans. And so we have no clue. And we're kind of spending the first 20, 30 years getting into the remembering of that. But I feel like when we are in our alignment, something, something clicks. The wisdom turns on. We are connected to our intuition, to our gut instinct, and we get towards that goal. We, we hit our trajectory. And it can get muddied down in life because we're listening to other people. We're trying to make them happy. We fall into the games of um, living up to people's expectations and, and fulfilling obligations. We get lost in that exterior world. And so when we have that alignment, 
And we like for me, that word that that wording means to be unstoppable means I'm headed towards my trajectory and I am taking care of business in the external, but I'm aligned with what's internally mine. I love that. And it you're making me think about how many people I talk to who share the ways in which they are triggered or pulled off center by other people's behavior or by their own habits or patterns, or I saw this and it just made me wild with rage. And then I went out and did this and people are seeking that understanding. And it may be part of that unstoppable center is understanding the pull that comes from within you and the pull that comes from the divine instead of the pull that is external other people, what they did or what you see on TV or anything else. Yeah, it's less of a reactionary, angry kind of unstoppable, like where we get into rage and we get forceful and aggressive. And when we're in our center, it's more of a knowing and and we're in the flow of being unstoppable. We are clear. We know. I know that this is what I'm doing. I know this is what I stand for. And I'm not going to let anything deter me from that. So that form of unstoppability is more of an alignment within the flow as opposed to having to be aggressive and fight the fight every day in order to be unstoppable in that side of the conversation. Now you use your intuition every day in your work as I use mine in my work. Was this something that came naturally to you, something that's always been with you? I do remember being, uh, I guess it was seven or eight years old. I remember being able to feel things, but I couldn't see them. And so I feel like I have that really standard story of I felt different. I didn't know what to do with it. So I shut it down. And then it was probably late 20s, early 30s, where I really started to notice it again. And it started, I tell people it came back online. So I noticed that things were getting different again. And yet at that time, I felt a little bit more capable of handling it. Because we, you know, as an adult, you have a little bit more accessibility to books and workshops and conversations. And so, yeah, I, I, I stepped back into it. And when I did, it, it started flowing. And, and so it, it made itself known. Uh, you know, for me, it was my intuition kind of came back online when I was in my early 40s. And I was really paying attention to what you said about how we come in with a plan and then immediately we forget the plan. By the way, I don't know who made those rules. These rules need to be revised, but <laughs> we come in, we forget the plan. I mean, it does it, I don't know. We come in, we forget the plan. And for me, my intuition coming back online was part of me not remembering the plan, but part of me understanding the tools that I had to create the path that I felt called to walk. And that expanding intuition, I think, uh, for a lot of people, we get to a place on our spiritual journey, whether something happens to us, or we suddenly have a realization, or we have time to stop and think, where that intuition, in whatever way we use it, personally, that we're meant to use it individually, starts to flow in our lives in a new way. And that right there, that's a beautiful time to take a look at, how am I present? How am I aware? Am I grounded? Am I centered? Am I on the path? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. In fact, I love, I, I, I agree with you. There's almost like a twisted cosmic joke about make all the plans then forget the plans. And then we're trying to figure out the plans. Right. And it, it's just hilarious to me. But I, I also understand the relationship that we have with spirit, with our guides. They remember the plan. They remember what we said. And so the relationship ends up being 
we come here to have the full human experience, but we do that through experience. It's not meant for us to remember everything because that would be a very short-lived, boring life because if we remembered everything, then okay, what's the point? So we have this beautiful relationship with our guides that are excited when our adventure unfolds and they, it's kind of like for me, like Christmas morning, um, they watch us open all the presents and they watch our face when we get excited about things because that's the relationship. So I, I, I used to be upset about that, but now I kind of get, no, this is just part of the deal. This is what we come here for is for the unfolding of, of the remembering. Do you feel like everyone is intuitive? Do, does everybody have access to their guides? I do think that, actually. I do believe that we all have our own magic. We all have our own style. Not everyone will see. Not everyone will hear. Some feel, some know. And it can be a combination of that. And I think one of the biggest messages to get out of that is to honor what you are, how you take in the data, the, the spiritual information, and honor it and embrace it. Because anytime you embrace what you are, your other gifts will open up and they'll come online as well. But when we resent what we are or get frustrated and we want it to be different, we push away the other opportunities. And so for me, the big message is everyone's different, but everyone is intuitive. You just have to find your style and then embrace that. You spend a lot of time at the beginning of the book as you're setting up the exercises. The listeners know that I really love the practical books where you can, there's exercises to do and there's, right, I can take, I can do stuff with this. And you set, mm -hmm. spend time at the beginning of the book setting up that idea of being present and how it's, how important it is to be present if we're going to create any change. Can you say something about that? Because our, it feels to me like the world is geared to keeping us as not present as possible. Yeah, that equates to me as being in the ego self. And I don't, I don't vilify the ego. It has its place, but I, I feel like we need to put it in its appropriate place. The ego represents separatism and it is our past future. So it always remembers what has happened and it's trying to project the safest route for the future. The issue with that is, is we're always living in the past trying to stay alive in the future. That takes us out of our present. When we're in our present moment, it, that means we are able to feel how we're doing. We are able to answer in the moment, to choose the things that work for us. If we're always past future projecting, we're not really making the choices in the real time that's going to serve our highest good. So I don't think that either are wrong. You, you must live in all of them at the same time almost. But we spend more time in the past future projection, and that takes us out of our now time. What are some ways that listeners might bring themselves gently into that now time? I absolutely agree with you. I think that the grounding and the centering, for me, I feel are the most important tools we have at our disposal. And it's a very interesting conversation because humans equate effort and hard work to being valuable, like the no pain, no gain mentality. Mm -hmm. Grounding and centering are the easiest things you can do in your life that actually give you the greatest benefit. 
when you are grounded, you are giving your humanity, your physicality, something stable to leverage itself against so that when winds of change and the ocean waves and the the merry-go-round spins really fast, you have something to hold on to. And it literally shifts your perception from, oh my gosh, this is happening. I don't know what to do about this to, oh, okay, I see that. I've got this. The centering of that, of that conversation connects you to the bigger picture. It takes you out of the feeling of I'm, it's me against the world mentality. And it takes us up into more of the macrocosm conversation of I am connected to something bigger than myself. When we have those two um, anchors, those two, those two connections, we are able to maneuver through life with this is my life but it's going to be okay. And so we're still being active and participatory, but we're not believing that everything is out to get us. And it really brings us into more of a knowing of the bigger picture of what we're here for. Well, and not being pulled off course by everything that tugs at our impulses. Right. Right. Um, and that, to me, that's a big, I notice that a lot in myself. And I notice that a lot in the people who I talk to is that we, as we try to kind of, stay steady that we can get it's like the wind like a gust of wind comes and whoa back in the ego back in the right back in my old reactive pattern back in my anger or my future projection or my dwelling on the past and so what you're saying is really is really powerful here you're listening to out of the fog with karen hager and my guest is morgan lynn her new book is the spirited human proactive tools for a reactive world you can find out more about Morgan and her work at morganlin.com. And I'm going to spell that. So are you ready? It's M-O-R-R-I-G-H-A-N-L-Y-N-N-E.com, morganlin.com. So as we look at that importance of grounding and centering, do you have a favorite technique that you can share with the listeners? I do, actually. I'm, but on the side note, I'm a big fan of having multiple ways. I think that if we are bored with our techniques, we'll end up not doing them. Yes. So anybody that's out there that thinks, okay, great, I'm going to ground, I'm going to center, maybe play with it a little bit because really it's just your intention. It's your imagination. You literally can make up any imagery in your mind because if you say you grounded and centered and you feel better, you did it. My actual favorite is I call it the figure eight and it's where I take my root chakra and I take it down through the earth kind of like I'm stringing a bead and then I bring it back up to me and then I take my crown and I string it through the sun like I'm stringing another bead and then I just start doing a figure eight and there's this very interesting feeling of being in the center of those two big cosmic you know sources of energy but I'm nice and tight and strung up and 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 taught like I feel secure I feel I feel centered I feel like I'm holding on to something really really amazing and I just keep that figure eight going until I feel all of that energy surging through me and it takes just a few seconds once you get you know, like really good at the practice of it it doesn't take very long that must open you up beautifully through the heart as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like the heart is our center you know, a lot of uh, people talk about being that's our second brain. I actually feel like it's the dominant mm -hmm. brain being an empath. It's where I get my information. So as it's 
figure eighting through the earth and the sun, it just starts naturally crisscrossing into my heart chakra. And that is our center. When we are taking the humanity from our lower chakras and then we're taking the spirituality from our upper chakras, the heart, the compassion, the connection to the emotional body, that's where we have our center. So, yeah, that's why it's one of my favorite ones to do. Um, also in this book are a lot of a lot of cool practical information about working with the chakras. So thank you for putting that in there. Mm-hmm. I think it's information that sometimes has been kind of mystified past a place where it gets practical. And so I love what you shared yeah. there. I'm kind of a um, chakra nut myself. Um, so yeah. in you also specialize in shadow work. And I'm wondering, we've now opened the heart and we've got light pouring through. And sometimes when you say shadow work, people start to get worried that maybe this is about something dark or not good. What's shadow work? Right. The shadow work, you're right. That is the connotation. People get a really, they get afraid um, with that word. And so it's, I love explaining it. So thank you. Excuse me. Shadow work is the ability to turn and face the things that you want to avoid about yourself. It's not anything that, it's nothing evil. It's nothing dark. It's not bad per se. It's just the things that we have ignored. And it can be anything. It can be Um, wounds that we've had as children where we've put them away so that we can survive. It's times our heart was broken. It's times where we've done things that we're not so proud of. And it can be the positive attributes that we don't want to embrace. Maybe we have a lower self-esteem or we feel unworthy of that thing. Well, in order to get it out of sight, out of mind, we shove it into the shadows. We put it into the dark. The downside to that is I know that we're all working to achieve this positivity and this lightness and this love state, but we cannot have that if you are only focusing on that. The shadow work is the ability to go into those dark corners and heal those wounds because they need just as much attention as our positivity and our light. And so I look at it as a wholeness. When we're seeking wholeness, you have to uh, you have to address the things that you don't want to address as well as the things that are great about you in your work with people how do you how can we begin to turn and 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 look you're right about that relentless positivity which kind of makes me nuts positivity is great but if it isn't if it's not based on anything if there isn't real learning real growth then it's sort of it can be kind of shallow so how in your work, Morgan, do you help people turn around and, and look into the shadows? Well, we first discover, like just through conversation, where their sticking points are, where they feel like they're struggling in life. Because nine times out of ten, it's a pattern, and the pattern is there, not as a punishment. And I think that's one of the mentality, uh, the thought processes, is we think we go through these patterns of self-destruction or self-sabotage because we're dumb or we just can't get it or something's wrong with us. But I want to change that mentality and I want to say, no, you're in a pattern because the wound is trying to get your attention and you are manifesting another experience so that it can have healing. Mm -hmm. So once we uncover the pattern, then we just start talking about it. There's something so magical when you give the wound attention 
and you ask the better questions, the bigger questions, not why is it there and why can't I get this, but the questions like, what does it have for me? What am I missing? What does it want to show me? The answers start coming. And it really just boils down to acknowledging and honoring the wound because it's been in the dark for so many years. When you actually start giving it attention, it has a story to tell. And there's just this magical process of being present enough to listen to the story and honoring it and thanking it. And that begins the healing process. In that, in that healing process, is the story um, released or does it find its place? Um, I think it depends. It depends on the story. I feel that the core of it is that it wants to be heard because it has been ignored for so long. And so in the hearing of it, we then begin to understand our place in the story, not our what whose fault it is or who's responsible, but but our place. And there's a difference between finding out who's to blame and how we can take responsibility. And then you begin the proactive energy around that because once you see who you were in it or who you've been since then, now you have the opportunity to make different choices. And that's really the empowering part is you're not you're no longer being subconsciously controlled by the wound or by the story. You now are proactively being a participant in the story to change it. And now we're right back to center, right? Now right. we're right back to being in the flow with intuition online and our guides online and us being the ones who are, I don't know, maybe controlling isn't the right words, us being the ones who are directing our paths. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of power then in doing that shadow work. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of shifting in people because what we don't understand uh, you know, I, I, on a big scale is that these wounds are actually in control of our lives. They are making the decisions on a subconscious and an unconscious level. We don't realize that. But once you shed the light on the wounds, you can see, oh my gosh, I see how I've been doing this. And now you have education and with education comes power. And now you have the opportunity to try a different tactic, to try a different course. And it rewrites your story, which, yes, then puts you back in your center because now you are present to who you're being and not allowing these wounds to run the show. We're just right up at the end of our time. Can you let listeners know how they can connect with you and tell them, tell them what they'll find on your website and your other projects? This is a chance to really just t say everything about you, please. Absolutely, I mean, no pressure, yeah. but, you know, just yeah. everything. <laughs> We need another show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do readings. I love the one-on-one -on -one work. I absolutely do. I call it coaching. The coaching is the shadow work. And that really is just wherever the person wants to take it, whether they want like human everyday uh, tools and exercises like good boundaries, using their authentic voice or, or just having uh, more confidence in themselves. Or if they're on a spiritual path and they want to embrace and understand their spiritual gifts, we go wherever the person wants to go. And my website is morganlynn.com. And on there, if you look under the work tab, you're going to see um, kind of a brief synopsis of all of the services I offer. But I want to draw their attention closely to the complimentary consultation. If you're wondering where you might want to go, but you're not quite sure what that work looks like, 
that appointment is for people. We have a 45-minute conversation. Um, we just sit and we talk and we find out what you want, where you feel like you're struggling, what I might be able to do to support you. And whether or not you decide to work with me, that's not the point. It's to give you an idea of where to begin. And you just you schedule that and we have a conversation. It's easy, no pressure, but I just want to be available for people to kind of get a better idea of starting that process because it can be overwhelming if you don't know where to begin. Morgan, thank you so much for being on the program and thank you for the gift of this book. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed connecting with you. Thank you. I feel the same way. That is Morgan Lynn. Her new book is The Spirited Human, Proactive Tools for a Reactive World. You can find out more about Morgan and her work. You can check out that 45-minute consultation opportunity that she's offering at morganlynn.com. That's M-O-R-R-I-G-H-A-N-L-Y-N-N-E. Dot com, MorganLynn.com. And of course, I always invite you to check out KarenHager.com. That's a wonderful place to find out about booking a private session with me, take a look at the classes I offer, see what's coming up on this radio program, and who knows what else I'll get up to. So head over to KarenHager.com. And if you believe, as I do, that when we bring our collective intention together, when we focus on peace, that things change. If you share that belief with me, I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com where I, with a partner, offer a free 15-minute guided meditation the first Sunday of every month so that you can join with people around the world who are focusing on peace. That's at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.